Today, is, we're going to talk about the journey of faith. How many know that Christian faith isn't about saying the right things, but about doing the right things that please God? Have fun, kids. Adios. I think we just lost our rooting section. By the way, this, this section back here wins the praise prize today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're rocking it out over here. I love it. So again, it's not about saying the right things, but it's about doing the right things, the things that please God. And we know according to Hebrews 11:6, what does it say? Oops. It's impossible to please God without faith. So, again, today we're going to talk about, this could be the subtitle, Lemon Faith or Living Faith. And I borrowed this from somebody else. I'm not that creative. Lemon Faith or Living Faith. So we're going to talk about what kind of faith you and I have. Let me start by saying our faith words must be followed with, very good, you were listening, faithful actions. Not just actions, but faithful actions. We might say something like this, I believe in Jesus. Anybody else? You know, I love God. Okay, if you do, do your actions show that? You know, What's the first thing you do when you feel pain coming on? Who said that? Of course you did. Karen said pray, but some of us are like, uh, take an aspirin. <laughs> right? What should it be? Pray. Believe that God can heal you. By his stripes we are healed. Today's message is all about that. Your words are empty without the faith actions to back them up. Can I get a good amen? All right, I'm going to ask you something. Would you stand up with me? I'm going to ask you to pray this by faith. All right, just trust me today. You ready? Lord? Help me to apply this message to me today. Do I have lemon faith or living faith? If lemon faith, show me my error and help me to live a faith life that is pleasing to you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, now you can sit down. Now you've given God permission to move in your life. Are you ready for this? You probably heard this word lemon before, right? Isn't that a nice-looking lemon? According to the definition, it's something that is unsatisfactory or defective. For example, it can relate or be related to your vehicle. Let's say you go buy a brand-new car, and it, it just seems like everything you do, it, it breaks down. It's not reliable. I'm not talking about your, your car, Okay. That's not new. I heard you snickering over there. That's, it's not a lemon. 
you've driven the thing into the ground, brother. I mean, that's just, that lemon actually came and went. It's, never mind, anyway. It does get you here. But I'm talking about a new car or something like that. We actually have lemon laws in Michigan that if you buy a vehicle and, and it just keeps on not producing, you could take the thing back. Now, you probably have to go through some hoops to do it, but legally you have that right. Let me ask you this. Can our faith become a lemon? The answer is yes, if your beliefs aren't backed up by your actions. If you're, and, and let me add, if your beliefs aren't backed up by your right actions, because we all have actions, and they're not always right. Amen? As one man put it, dead, incomplete faith is useless like a lemon car. So you can have lemon faith. You still with me? Believe it or not, God has expectations of you and me. You knew that, right? It's not just about, I'm a Christian. And then, ah, sit in the easy chair the rest of your life. Right? What am I doing now? Nothing. Sometimes, this is how we act or react with our faith. Nothing. That's what I want to get into today. That's what I want you to see today. He knows you're broken. You knew that, right? All men have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. None of us can measure up. God knew that. That's why he sent his son. I'll get into that in a minute. But I want you to understand this. Not only did God know that you and I were broken, but he came to fix us. All right? He knew we were a lemon before he bought us. And yet he still chose to buy us. And, and I use that word as it relates to redeem. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. He paid the price for our sins so that you and I wouldn't have to. What a glorious God we serve. Who else does that? Nobody. That's how much God loves us. And not only does he fix us, but he, he refurbishes us from the inside. Now listen, the outside of you, that, that's pretty much, you're stuck with it. Until you get your glorified body anyway. You know? All this... Some of you have more all this than I have, but not, not, not pointing fingers at anybody. It's up to us what we do with this. It's up to God what happens on the inside. He changes us through the Holy Spirit. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. We can't do this alone. You can't do this alone. Why do people become hopeless? Because they haven't invited God into their lives. Because they, they haven't allowed Him to refurbish them from the inside. It's an invitation. God does nothing without your permission. Our faith 
must be accompanied by action or it isn't faith at all. Say that with me. Our faith must be accompanied by action or it isn't faith at all. Some of you are going to really be challenged today. I know I've already been challenged as I put this together this week. We're trying to refi the, the church mortgage, and we, we got a great deal with uh, Assemblies of God Financial. And I'm telling you, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong with this dumb thing. And the hoops, how many have ever had to refi your house? You know, I mean, there's a process, but it's like every couple hours I get another email. Oh, we found something else. Oh, we found, oh, this person didn't sign this off. And oh, and I'm like, ah. And this morning, I, I just, we were in prayer. And I just looked up and I went, okay, it's yours. Whenever I preach to you about something, God makes sure I have to go through it first. That literally is me resigning to him. Not resigning the, as pastor, but resigning that he's got this. Sometimes that's what all of us need to do. Your faith must be accompanied by action. Let's look into this a little bit more as we begin the journey of faith. Romans 1.17, a very familiar verse. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm jumping all over today with as far as versions of the Bible because I wanted you to see it from different angles. This is the New Living Testament. This good news, say good news. good news. This good news tells us how God makes us right. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you. As long as you're looking good to Him, you got it. Did you hear that? It doesn't matter what your neighbor thinks of you, what your teacher thinks of you, what your boss thinks of you, it just doesn't. It matters what he thinks of you. Hallelujah. This is accomplished, I love this, from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. God sees your potential through faith even before you say yes to Jesus. You realize Jesus died for you 2,000 years ago. God saw your potential before you were even born. He's a God of faith. We get our faith from him he gives it to you you can't come to him without it he plants that little seed as small as a mustard seed how small is a mustard seed it's small but when it's planted and when it begins to grow you're able to say to that mountain whatever the mountain is be thou cast into the sea in Jesus' name, and it must go. Hallelujah. 
God is so good. Would you say this with me? It is through faith that the righteous have life. Now I want you to make it personal. It is through faith that I have life. It is through faith that I have life. There's no other way. I started with it. It's impossible to please God without faith. Hear this part. Paul called this good news. It is good news for some. It's good news for those that call on the name of Jesus, for everyone who calls on the Lord shall be saved. However, it's bad news for those who don't exercise their faith. You with me? Let's go back to a very familiar verse. John 3, 16, I added 17 here. We'll read this first. This is the good news. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have... How many are looking forward to that day? No more elections! No more... And the commercials! Probably no more commercials. Yeah! God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. That's the good news. If you've put your faith and trust in him, you are born again. You are saved. You will receive everlasting life when you are called home. What about the bad news? There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but, everybody say but. I just wanted to get you to say but. But anyone who does not believe in him, what does that mean? Good way to put it, Brother Jeff. Whoever said that? What's your name, brother? Adam. Thank you, Adam. The first. Adam, you are pre-approved for hell. Not because Jesus made you go there. He already took care of it. But by faith, you've got to believe. If you don't, it's not good news for you. But it's bad news. When we finish today, I'll give you an opportunity, if you haven't, to say yes to Jesus. Anyone who does not believe in Jesus has already been judged. Anyone. Anyone. Do you really believe? If you do, do you demonstrate your faith in your daily living? What is faith? Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot See, how many have seen God? Yet, we're here worshiping this being that we cannot see. Some would say we're crazy. We're Fruit Loops. We're nuts. According to the scripture, we're wise, we're smart. 
we have eternal lives coming because we believe without seeing. We don't have to see. We know it in our spirit. God's changed me from the inside out. This world couldn't do that for me. But he did. And everything the Bible says, every promise in this good book is for you and me. Everything is what? Yes and amen. You said it this morning. Everything is yes and amen in Christ. Hallelujah. Do you really believe? Faith is two things. First, how we receive the righteousness of Christ. You can't come to him without faith. You've got to believe that he exists and that he sent his one and only son to die for you. That's the first. The second part of faith is how we live it out in righteousness. How you and I live our lives the right way for Christ. Let's go to verse 2, Hebrews eleven two. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. How's your reputation? What is reputation? According to the Google Dictionary, it is a widespread belief that someone or something has a particular habit or characteristic. What do people say about you when they talk about you? Not necessarily in the church, although certainly we count. What's your family say about you? What do your neighbors say, your coworkers, your fellow students? Do they know you as a person of faith? Have they ever heard you pray? Or even watched you pray? Because sometimes we bow as we eat our vittles. Getting awful quiet. How do people know us? Do people say of, of us, you know those people out at the Hope, man, they, they're people of faith. Do they say that? Or are we, we like so many of the other churches in America today that are dry and empty? I hope it's not the latter. These people loved God and believed that he would accomplish everything that he said he would. Everything. We're going to look at a couple of them here in just a minute, but I wanted to just remind you of our mission statement. And by the way, we have a new website up. Same place, gaylordchurch.com, but if you get a chance, go there and look at it. This is, this is a part of that. Um, and, and also, if it works... By faith, when you go there, you can also see the archived videos and hopefully live stream. We can, I just checked. Okay, he just checked it. So we're on right now. We're out on the web right now. So you're able to do that through our website now. Would you read this with me? We are his church, and we will not be lukewarm. We are on fire with a passion for the Holy Spirit. And that fire drives us to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. All right, that's our mission. That's what, hopefully, what we're all about. In Revelation 
3, Jesus actually said that he was so frustrated with the church that they were like lukewarm water in his mouth. And he said, I wish that you were either hot or cold because I am ready to spit you out of my mouth. I don't want Jesus to have to spit us out of his mouth. I want to be living this. I want our actions to line up with our words. I want your actions to line up with your words. You know, if one of us is set in fire, that's awesome. But if two or three of us are set in fire, I mean in a good way, not arson. <laughs> you have to make that clear today. But if we're running into our communities with the, the power of the Holy Spirit, the fire that's in us, we can set this community, we can set northern Michigan on fire for Jesus again. These folks in, that we're talking about here, they didn't just walk the walk, or talk the talk, they walked the walk. And that's the same for you and me. Does our walk line up with our talk? I'm not trying to beat anybody up here today, but I am trying to challenge you and me. Where have I been falling short? Am I living a lemon faith or a living faith? If it's living, then people are going to see it. Hebrews 11.3. Got some of these behind me. By the way, the red is my emphasis, not the Bible's. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command that we now see. It did not come from anything that can be seen. We already talked about that a little bit. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Now, you all know who Cain and Abel were, right? Adam and Eve's first two sons that were mentioned in the Bible. Listen to what it says. Abel's offering. What is that offering? It's an action. All right? I want you to see this. Abel's offering, the action, gave evidence that he was a righteous man. And God showed his approval of his gifts. You know, God shows his approval when your actions line up with righteousness. When they're righteous actions of faith, God will pour his blessing out upon you. If you're not being blessed, something's wrong. You could be living a lemon faith. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. His example of faith was his offering. His offering was the action that he took to honor God with his life. And the same thing is expected of you and me. Verse 5, it was by faith that Enoch, I love this guy, was taken up to heaven without dying. How many have ever had that happen to you? Nope. He disappeared because God took him. God couldn't wait for him to die. He just said, son, I want you up here with me now. Why? Why? In Genesis 5.24, it says, Enoch walked with God. He believed him. He trusted him. His life showed everyone that God was amazing and awesome and still living. And God loved him so much that he took him home. Took him to heaven early. I love it. 
And he was known, the Bible says here, as a person who pleased God. And then we get into verse 6. It is impossible to please God, what? Without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So again, Enoch is an example of living right for God, and God loved him so much he took him home early. And he didn't die, by the way. He just... Repeating Hebrews 11.1, 1, New King James Version. Now faith is... Say it with me. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Why do I have you repeat these things? Anybody know? Any teachers in here? I know there's one. When you see something, you can remember about 10% of it. When you see and say something, that goes up to about 40%. When you see, say, and write something, it goes up even further. And when you teach it, for you teachers who are here, you, you retain about 90%. So the more you put into it, the more you believe, the more you retain. And here, when I have you repeat something, it's just so that you get it in your noggin, in your heart, so that it doesn't disappear when you walk out of here. So that when you need it, the Holy Spirit can remind you of what His Word said. Amen? The Bible is full of people who trusted that God would carry out His promises, right? Many of those that we call heroes of the faith today never got to see their promise come to pass. Some of you might fall into this category. You may be praying for someone or something and you've not seen it come to pass yet. Does that mean you should give up? No. What kind of faith is that if you give up? None at all. Keep on hanging on. Keep on praying. Keep on believing that God's got this. If it's lined up with His Word, you're good to go. And until He tells you otherwise, keep on believing for it. Whatever that might be. Like Moses. God told him He was going to take him into the promised land. Did he make it? He never got to see it. Now there's coming a day, same time you and I, go up, that Moses is going to see the promised land. The real promised land. The eternal promised land. But his feet never touched the ground on earth. On the promised land ground. That was left up to Joshua. Yet he didn't give up. He didn't give up. You and I can't give up. Hebrews 11 goes on to talk about other heroes of the faith. Like Noah. I just grabbed this one because they deserve prayer and credit. Ken Ham, Creation Museum on the border of, just across the border from Cincinnati and Kentucky. He built a replica of Noah's Ark. Now some have said, well, you didn't use the same kind of wood. Well, you show him where to go get gopher's wood and he would have. All right? It's, it's the same size. Why did he do this? Because he wanted people to see it could be done. And they did it with human means. Noah had 
supernatural help. And he go, people that have been there have said, it is off the chart amazing. Because your faith is exponentially multiplied when you see this because you're like, it's possible. Like that big question, how in the world do you get a T-Rex on? Take an egg. Who said that? She been there? Take an egg. I just like to yell. This man has been under so much attack. His ministry. He said that just recently they, they came out with some different articles in the Cincinnati uh, paper. And he said it was all lies. They made it sound like their numbers were down all summer. Nobody's coming to see it. When Ken said it was just the opposite. We've had more people come and visit this exhibit than ever before. Because it's real. It shows God and his faithfulness. Amen. Because God could have wiped out the whole earth. All men. But he chose through Noah and his family to leave a remnant. And whether you like it or not, we're all from the same family. Brother Clarence, get up here. Get up here. I don't care who you are. We are all from the same parents. All right? Now, we might look a little bit different. You got to cut your hair. I gotta grow my beard too. But get the raise out, our families all came from the same. Amen. Place. It's good. Love you. All right, love you too. So I brought this up. We got a little time. Would you join me? Lord, we just pray for Ken Ham. We pray for the Creation Museum. We pray that. Lord, he would be vindicated through those accusers who have tried to undermine everything about that place. Lord, I just trust that you will give Ken and that ministry all that they need to continue to share the good news, Lord, and to show people how the things that are in the Bible are not just fairy tales, they are facts, historical facts. And Lord, I pray that more people would go there. More people would get it in their spirits, Lord, that the Bible is truth from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation. And Lord, again, we just commit Ken and his family and his ministry, Lord, into your hands. Keep them safe. Bless them richly, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Just felt like doing that. So Noah built this ark. And, and how many know there was no rain for... 200 years, if I understood it, something like that. <laughs> really, dude, you're building a boat. Really? Yeah, God told me to. <laughs> let's, go, let's go see the boat. Can you imagine? Abram, by faith, trusted that God would make Abraham the father of many nations, even though he was old. And then you look at his wife, 90 years old. I'm not going to pick on any of you. 
But imagine if your grandma or great-grandma came in and said, I'm pregnant. You would be like, <laughs> and then God would name you Sarah because you laughed. By faith, Sarah believed, and through her, God fulfilled his promise to her husband. Jumping down to Hebrews eleven thirteen. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They didn't receive what was promised. They never saw all, as many relatives, as many sons and daughters as the stars in the sky, but would you agree that it happened? They saw it all from a distance, and they welcomed it. That's what it means to have faith. Even though we may not see it come to pass, we're still expected to believe it's going to happen. Going back, rereading Romans 1.17, this time in the NIV, and it says, For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Would you say it with me again? The righteous will live by faith. If you walk out of here with anything today, let it be this. The righteous will live by faith. Throughout history up to present day, God's people have been known or should be known for their faith. And that means when the chips are down, our spirit should be high. You know, I just had somebody tell me that they were feeling down and they just started worshiping God and praising Him. That does something. I believe it. It thwarts the enemy. I believe it sends him running. And it changes your environment on the inside. God can do something with that. When the devil comes a-knocking, the believers need to get to praying. Don't give up. Don't go, oh, that mortgage company's wearing me out. God's got this. He owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns all the silver and the gold. What's this to him? He could bring somebody in today to pay off that $312,000 that we still owe. I need to trust. You need to trust. We need to trust. When all seems lost... We need to remind ourselves that we are saved by the blood of the Lamb. And in our heart, we need to know that God never forgets, never forsakes. Once He's got your number, once you're His kid, He's not going to lose you. Anybody here ever lose their kid? Maybe for a second. You know, I remember when I was a little boy, I must have been about five, and I was in Sears in Lansing, and my mom was shopping, and somehow we got separated, and I started crying. I was like, Mom! Mom! She comes around the corner, really? <laughs> I was freaking out. She knew right where I was. She's a mom. 
Moms know that kind of thing. How much more your Heavenly Father who knows all things? He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forget your name. Let that sink in. Then Hebrews 11 goes on to reveal other heroes of the faith. Abraham believed God when instructed to sacrifice his own son. This is the one, Isaac, who was supposed to lead to all the stars in the, in the heavens, all the sand on the seashore. He's going to outnumber that. <laughs> and now God's telling him, now go up there on the mountain and make a fire and kill him. Sacrifice him. What did Abraham do? Okay, God, you, you know what you're doing. Don't get it, but if you tell me to do it, you provide it, you take away, whatever. I'm just going to trust you. Of course, you know the story, right? God provided another sacrifice. A ram was caught in the thicket, and they brought that down, and God said, use him instead. I just wanted to test you. Sometimes God does that with us. He lets us get into the thicket. The thicket of things. The thick of things. Doesn't he? Anybody ever been in the thick? Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Every person in this room should be raising their hand. If you ain't been in the thick, you ain't exercising your faith. Because that's a part of growing up. And God did that with Abraham. Of course, Isaac was spared. And then later, Isaac, through his sons, <laughs> Esau and the other guy, Jacob, Jacob, any Jacobs in here? Ah, where is he? Ah, the BR. Don't tell him we said that. We don't want to embarrass him. Don't remind him when he comes through that door. Oh, there he is. Did you wash your hands, Jacob? Esau, who sold his birthright for a little food, right? And Jacob, who put fur on his forearms so that dad would think he was Esau. Hey, I don't get it. That's one of them that I'm like, really? He was deceptive and yet he still carried the birthright. God still used them. Anybody else been deceptive? And God still used you? God can use whoever he wants. He can use a mule to speak to people. He can use one of us. Right? By faith, Isaac believed. And then Jacob had a son named Joseph. And of course, we know how that worked out. Was Jacob's li or excuse me, Joseph's life easy? In fact, he spent time in prison. Falsely accused, but he spent time in prison. And God showed favor on him continuously, over and over and over. And he had a plan for him. He used Joseph to save not just the nation of Egypt, but the nation of Israel and his family so that that lineage would continue. Hebrews 11, 32 and following, I don't have a slide for this. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories 
of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. And then the next few verses talked about those who were persecuted for their faith and were even killed. And then verse 38 says, they were too good for this world wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. These were the heroes of faith. This world wasn't good enough for them. What are these Old Testament Bible heroes remembered for? Their faith. What are we going to be known for? How well we make pizza? How good a person we are? Or are we going to be known as a person after God's own heart? Are they going to know us because when they bring something to us, we don't say, hey, I'll be praying for you, brother. We stop right there, grab their hands, and say, let's pray. Hebrews. 12 verses 1 and 2. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Look at verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Our faith begins with Jesus and our faith ends with Jesus. And this verse is so clear that Jesus had to live a faith life as well. He went to the cross by faith. He tried to get out of it. Father, if it's at all possible, let this cup pass. But not my will, but yours be done. He never stopped believing. And thank God he didn't. Because today, by faith, he's the one that we have to put our trust in. Jesus. He's the one that everything is yes and amen through Jesus. And as the Apostle Paul put it in Philippians 1.6, And I am certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. What does that say to us? If God started it in you, he's going to finish it in you. He is the author and the finisher of every good work. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Whatever he does, it's finished. He's not a quitter. He's not a halfway through and then I'm done kind of thing. And neither should we be. I don't know where you're at today. You've had a whole life to live, some of you. Some of you half a life. I don't know where you're at. But this much I know, stop playing. Stop playing. I've said this many times. You can't have a foot in heaven and a foot in hell. It ain't happening. You can't be a believer and not have faith. 
You can't be that person. Hallelujah. Oh boy. I thought I had plenty of time. I wanted to share this quote from Pastor Jay Yergin. He's an Assemblies of God pastor. He said, It is by faith that we have the righteousness of Christ imputed or imparted to us. But it is also by faith that we live our lives every day. We must not only trust in Christ for our salvation, we must also trust Christ with our lives. And I would add how we live our lives every day. That's a part of faith. You see, when we leave this church, I think too many of us are, are we just fall back into that natural realm. Well, I gotta go to work today. You know what I'm saying? We forget God is with you still. You didn't leave him here. Wherever you go, he's with you. You know, you, you and I, we should be looking for opportunities to exercise our faith, to pray for the lost, the hurting, the crippled, the lame, the blind, the deaf. Those are, those are just things, I get it, things that go wrong with, with different parts on us. You should be looking for people whose marriages are in the toilet. Hey, can I pray with you? You know, I believe God can do great things. Have you, have you ever prayed to Jesus before? What does that take to do that? Faith. Do you have it? Well, Pastor, you're going a little bit too far today, am I? Habakkuk 2.4, Amplified Version says, look at the proud. These are people that don't believe in Jesus. Look at the proud. His soul is not straight or right within him. Right side of the butt. I won't have you say it this time. But the rigidly just and the uncompromisingly righteous man shall live by his faith and in his faithfulness. Your actions show who you are. Your actions reveal your God whether good or bad. Are you still with me? When this verse uses the word rigid, it means there's no room for compromise. Woo! I'm going to close with this. Faith isn't just believing in Jesus Christ for our salvation, Pastor Jay said. Though that's certainly the beginning step, but it's living our daily lives by faith. I've got this, this short little story to share. There was a Bible translator whose name was John Payton. He was trying to reach a South Seas Island people. But John soon realized that these islanders didn't have a word for faith. They didn't have a word for trusting people, all right? Have you ever struggled to, to find just the right word? 
I do it all the time, and I'm, I get stuck, and I know it, but I can't think of it. Well, he, they didn't even have it. And he's trying to tell them, you got to have faith in Jesus. And they're like, huh? Because they didn't get it, right? Anyway, the day finally came when one of the islanders came into his house. Oh, brother, man, I am exhausted. Now, I'm sure he's not speaking English, but I don't know what language they were speaking, so just bear with me. I'm really speaking islander, okay? Brother, Brother John. Man, it's been a long day. I've been working from sun up to sundown, and I'm just tired. Is it is it, is it all right? Oh. And the man said, "It is good to rest my whole weight on this chair." Oh. After preaching that message, it feels good to sit down. And as soon as he said it. John Payton looked and he goes, the light bulb went off. I've got it. I know how I'm going to tell these people about faith. That's what he said. I'll translate faith as resting one's whole weight on God. Can I do this? I trusted this chair would catch me. I believed it. It's a pretty solid chair, and it's comfortable. And when we fall into the arms of our Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, His Son, don't you think He's going to hold you, catch you, as you give the whole weight of your body and spirit and mind and soul to Him? That's what it means to have faith. And that was the whole purpose of having that chair up here. Resting one's whole weight on God. Would you stand with me? That, my friends, is what every believer should be doing every day. Resting your whole weight on Jesus. If you believe, if you're living for Him, then you're indeed resting your whole weight on Him. That's the kind of faith that pleases God. I saved this for last, Hebrews 10, 38 and 39 in the NIV. It reads, But my righteous one will live by faith, and if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. There's no room for compromise today in God's house. Have you put your trust, your full belief in Him? Have you put your whole weight on God? Are you holding things back? Well, God, you know, God can do that for me, but He can't do that. Is that putting your whole weight on Him? No, that's doubting. Would you say this with me? We won't shrink back. We won't be lukewarm. For the righteous will live by faith. I will put my whole weight on God. Let that be your prayer this week. Let God work on you if you're not there yet. 
And I said when I started that I would give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So would you bow your heads, please, just for a moment. If you're here and you'd say, Pastor Norm, this message really helped me today. And I believe I need to take action more so than I've been doing. If that's you, just lift your hand up real quick. Yep, hands going up all over. Thank you. Thanks for being honest. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Norm, hey, I've heard of Jesus, but I don't know if I've ever really asked him to forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. But I'd like to do that today. If there's anybody here today, you need Jesus and you want me to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but would you just slip your hand up? Yep. Anybody else? You can put them down. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. All right. If you're here today and you, you, you just really, like me, feel like you've kind of shortchanged God, like uh, maybe you've been living a lemon faith rather than a living faith. Anybody besides that, besides me? That's me. I, I raised my hand for that. I haven't been living like I should. I want you to take action today. All right? What do I mean by that? When you go out of here today, God's going to give you opportunities to pray with people, to pray for yourself, to believe Him, to trust His Word, to trust God at His Word. I love that part. In Jesus' name. He's going to give you opportunity. You're going to run into somebody this week who's going to be desperate. I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. And this message is going to ring in your head. Take action, my son. Take action, my daughter. By faith, believe. I've got this. And you're going to let God move through you. How many would be willing to do that? Hands going up. Anybody else? I would like to see everybody's hand going up on this, but maybe it's between you and the Lord. We're all looking now, so you didn't raise your hand. We've seen you as a slugger. Spiritual sluggers. Just kidding. Jeez, lighten up. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for life life eternal thank you for the faith to believe in Jesus God's one and only son who went to the cross for me was crucified died and was buried but on the third day he rose from the grave holding the keys to hell and to death and he came to set me free and whom the son sets free is free indeed father I confess my sins to you wash me clean in the blood of Jesus forgive me Lord of my shortcomings and now help me through the power of the Holy Spirit to stay on target to aim for that, that center target and to begin to serve you by faith 
in action, not just in word. Use me, Lord. Take me. Shape me. Mold me. In Jesus' name, I give you permission. Amen. I can't, can't wait to hear the testimonies. How many of you are going to run into people this week who are going to be so desperate? Please Him. Use your faith. Can I get a good amen? I was supposed to give a little testimony, but I don't have time. I just want you guys to know that this church isn't here by coincidence. It's here because God loves the people here in Gillard and our community. It should have died. It almost did. And just to say, when when Pastor Barb and I were called up here, invited up here, this church was $600,000 in debt with 20 people in attendance that Sunday, that first Sunday. Let me tell you something. When we walked in and saw that and we figured out how much we owed, the first thing I did was I called our superintendent, Brother Bill Leach, and I said, Bill, are you sure? And he said, Norm, do me a favor. He said, just find out what the place is worth and then we'll go from there. So I had a man who who generously came out. He he gave us uh, an appraisal and he said it was worth right around 1.1, 1.2 million at the time. This was 2002, 16 years ago. And he said, Norm, you know, it's double what you owe almost. So I'd, I'd like you to stay there. I'd like you to keep it going if you can and just see what God does. So what did Pastor Barb and I do? We'd never pastored a church before. We rolled up our sleeves, we prayed, and we got to work. You know what? If God called us, He's going to take care of this. It was a daunting task for most. But He called the right couple because we were just stubborn enough to believe that God could do this through us. The only reason I'm sharing this with you, because I really have run out of time, is because I want you to understand God's got this. He's called you, every person in this room. He's called you to a higher place. And when you begin to exercise your faith, what's the first thing that's going to happen? The devil's going to come up and try to smack you. And in Ephesians 6 it says, Stand. Put on your armor, and then when it's all said and done, you'll still be standing because he can't knock you out. Or at least he shouldn't be able to. He can only do it if you give him permission. Don't give him permission. Believe by faith you've got this. And not just you. Say it like this. God, we've got this. We've got this. We've got this. You know why a church is so strong and and Satan hates it? Because we got this. 
We got each other's backs. We're praying for each other. You know what the devil tries to do? He tries to come in and get people to talk. Nonsense. Division. Divisiveness. Don't listen. Somebody comes to you and says, Hey, did you hear so-and-so said this? You just say, Hey, enough. Unity, man. Unity, woman. We're a part of the body. You were created in the image of God. And I'm not going to say anything about that person. Because if I do, I'm really saying it about him. We're stronger together. We're better together. Great things are happening in this church. For the first time, hear this. We have over 300 regular attenders. When when Julie told me that, I kind of laughed, and then I went on Facebook as I was looking at our new website, and it said we had over 300 likes. That's the first. 300 people said, I like Mount Hope. That's awesome. Give him the glory. What that says to me is he's not done with us. In fact, (laughs) you better be making some room so you can fit a person next to you. Because it's coming. There ain't going to be no room. We're going to be, but we're going to be happy about it. We are. Hallelujah. And you, you who think you own your seat, you might come in and find somebody else sitting there. You better not be telling them, get out of my seat. Because it's first come, first serve in this place. They get here first, they can have your seat. I don't care, maybe you need to get here at 6 o'clock if you really want that seat. And I mean in the morning. And pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this church that trusted you enough, Lord, to help us pay off almost $140,000 to our district. That's done. It's paid off. We are so blessed. And we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for the funds to be able to do that. And Lord, today we're celebrating that victory. We're celebrating the people that call this place their home. And Lord, we pray that you would bless the the snacks afterwards, the the food that's out there, the, the refreshments, the fellowship. Lord, to you be all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor for everything that's accomplished here at The Hope. We love you. And as we come and go today, keep us safe. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, please join us. If you're brand new, join us. Go out there. I saw pumpkin pie. I saw other things. Get out there. Enjoy it. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus.